Hello, everybody. God bless you. And welcome today again to Terry Mize Ministries program. We are delighted you have joined us. And as we always say, we're honored to minister to you, share with you all this good stuff that we have learned from the Word of God that we believe will help you. If it's helped us, then we want to help other people with it, too. And there's still that wonderful thing within the kingdom of God is that you never learn it all. It's There's always so much more to learn, and it's so exciting, never boring. <laughs> I used to tell my mother even years ago when I was still, before I was unmarried, I would just say, you know, church is even great. I said, you know, it's as much to learn what not to do sometimes as it is to do, but it's never boring. And I always enjoy the, that within the, the kingdom of God. So Terry and I have been talking about some wonderful stuff from the Word of God about uh, how to remain stable, uh, on built on the Word of God sure. that never changes. Uh, like Jesus, uh, Paul said there in the New Testament that we are built upon, the church is built upon the apostles the and the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And so we had, you know, that that whole foundation of from Genesis to Jesus. <laughs> and now the church is being built on all of that, plus the last 2000 years and that that 60 years or so after Jesus uh, left the earth. And so we have that plus the last 2000 years. Mm-hmm. My goodness, Terry. A lot of history that the church in the earth today is built on. And so that's why we want to uh, emphasize that, shine a spotlight on it, give you all of these wonderful things that are said in the Word of God. So you're not just out there floating. You didn't just happen. You weren't just, you know, discovered under a cabbage leaf or dropped off by a stork. <laughs> you know, your life is on purpose, planted, salted, as the Word of God says, into this generation. And that God has a plan, like Psalm 139 says, there is a purpose and a plan for you. Ephesians 3 said God's always had this plan. He's always had this purpose. He's always tried to make it plain. Ephesians 3 tells us that God wants to do things through the church, both corporately and individually. And that's where no, we come absolutely. in. You know, you and I both believe, and we've said this many, many times, we both believe that that after sending Jesus for salvation, yes. the church, <laughs> church. <laughs> was the best idea God ever had. Absolutely. When God thought up the church. We think that's the best idea he had after salvation, after Jesus. I do believe it's that. the church where things happen. That's right. It's the church where you have corporate faith, that's corporate right. worship, that's right. corporate prayer where uh, the assembling of yourselves together, the Bible says. That's don't right. Oh, my that. gosh. He said, he said, There's such a joy in that. assembling of yourselves together, as That's some right. do. Yeah. And I tell you what, in this day and age, a lot of people are, are doing it. Some doing. <laughs> and you know you, you know how I feel about the church. You yes. You know how I feel about pastors. I'm the pastor's friend. I've yes. always been known as a pastor's friend. I'm for the pastor. I support the pastor. I help the pastor. But by the same token, the pastor's going to have to stand up and be the shepherd of the sheep. That's right. And uh, keep the wolves out. Boy. And and what you don't want, what I don't want to hear about place is any friend of mine in. that's a pastor that, that says, well, this is just the new normal. No, Whenever it's the not new the normal new normal. starts getting friendly to you and, and acceptable right. to you, yeah. uh, maybe time to go to another church. Yeah, that's uh, right. If that's the pastor's attitude. If the pastor's saying, well, no, no, no. this is now going to be the new normal. I think, mm, well, no, pastor, no. I think I'll have to go somewhere else. Because uh, this is nothing but an attack of hell. It sure is, Terry. An attack of hell. It sure is. On the church, on the church. gospel. You know, hell's never been on able Christians. to stop the church before. 
No. And all of a sudden, with a little old rinky-dink virus, and I don't mean to belittle the fact that the people get sick. Yes, they do. The people have died. Yes, they do. No, that's but right. Look at the statistics. Ninety-nine point nine percent recover. That's right. Uh, and opposed to things like the just a common flu, the normal flu, right. and and other sicknesses and diseases and alcoholism, and not to mention the millions of babies we murder in abortion. No, I mean, that's I right. Mean, COVID that's the is highest just a death rate teensy, in tiny, the world. Percentage and never in the history of the world, Renee, and never in the history of the world have we quarantined healthy people. No, that's right. And and you know the the Medes came and went, the Persians came and went, the Egyptians came and went, the Greeks came and went. Uh, I told a came and went. Adolf Hitler came and went. Joe Stalin came and went. Well, yeah, and they're trying to get rid of history so nobody will know this. We got to keep right. it in front but of them. That's right. But we actually got taught that in school, and so we know about history. But they all came and went. And yet the church has always been here and the missionaries have always been here and we're not leaving. No. But yet they've never been able to stop the church before. And now in 2020, who'd have thought they've shut down the world. I'm talking to pastors, as you know, all over the world. I mean, I'm having pastors contact me and ministers contact me and people contact me from nation after nation after nation because we've had to cancel meetings all over the world. And uh, and people are scared and people are upset and people are don't know what to do because nobody's done this before. That's right. And you know, we're living in the last days. Nobody's ever lived in the last That's days right. before. Nobody's ever pastored the last days church before. So we're learning how to do this. But the one thing we can't do is shrink back in fear. No, that's right. The one thing we cannot do is get in fear because, as we've said so many dozens of times, fear and faith don't live in the same house. No, that's right. And we're not going to just shrink back in fear, but we are the bold ones. We are the the light. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. (laughs) That's right. He said, you're the salt of the earth. Well, Well, we need to be out shining our light, and we need to be salt and stuff. You know, salt has... uh, uh, a couple of qualities. Number one, it makes people thirsty. That's right. And we ought to be making people thirsty for the That's living right. water. That's right. And then right. number two, it's a preservative. We, we the church, are the preservative that's God salted into the earth yes. so that the devil can't just tear it up. Uh, well, and if it's this bad. The devil would just destroy this thing if the church wasn't here. And yeah, we're the think about we're that. We're the salt that's holding it together. And yet, if we're hiding in our foxhole, and we're all scared, and we're no different than the world. No, that's right. You know, the world always runs and jumps in a foxhole because they're scared. And then over the throughout history, they've looked to the church and said, oh, man, they're not in the foxhole. Hey, mm-hmm. look at them. Hey, hey, they're not sick. Hey, they're, hey they've got Hallelujah. money in a crisis. They've got, they're keeping their head when everyone else is losing theirs. But during this COVID, right. whatever you want to call it, all of a sudden, the sinners jumped in the foxhole and scared, and they look around at the guy next to them and say, whoa, it's the church. The church is in the box, so scared too. We cannot do that. You cannot shrink back. No, you in can't. Fear. We there ought to be a difference in disciples and atheists. No, that's right. We are the church triumphant, and we must be about the master. This is our day to shine. It's our day be about the masters. It's our day. Well, and we're living in a a, a godless, antichrist, cowardly. Uh, you know, society that really wants to destroy rather than build. And so we have to be, we have to be not just the light for the gospel, but we have to be the voice of sanity. Some of these mayors and some of these governors, you know, now some are doing good. Yes, and we good. applaud you we that are courageously standing. But some of them are no more than communists, and some of them are no more than, than scared spitless. Right. And uh, and then some of them are just cowtailing to, to the crowd. Right. Uh, and, well, 
it's a shame what's going on. Well, it's the, a shame what the, has gone on, and the, how that the police have had their hands tied. That's absurd. The and, scriptures that you have built your ministry on out of Romans eight, there that nay amid all these things we are more than conquerors absolutely. through Him that loved us. More then, than conquerors. More than conquerors. conquerors. More than. More than. And then like. Um, all the other, you know, the great scriptures that through Christ I can do all things, you know, and that at, at all times we're more than we're victorious in the word of God. And then I, I was thinking about some of the old hymns on Christ, the solid rock I stand, yeah, sure. you know, a mighty fortress is our is God, our a God. bulwark never, never failing, you know, uh, all of these wonderful old hymns that were sung by generations behind us that were but having to, wants to know about generations <laughs> behind us. They want to erase history. But God yeah. doesn't erase history. No, God, God looks builds back on it. To his, God actually writes history in advance. Yes, he does. He writes history in advance. He knows what's going to happen, and so he writes about it yes. and talks to us about it. And um, uh, he always points back to the post and always point. We've been talking the last several weeks on don't move the post. That's right. And the Word of God says you don't move the post. Don't yeah. move the post. No, this is the, the post the right here. Have said. <laughs> this is he even the post. Said, he, he even said don't move the post that the fathers have said. What is that? Proverbs 23.10, I think. And and he said, and don't be found in the fields, fields of, of the, the fatherless. fatherless. God doesn't want you fatherless. We're, we're living in a fatherless time. We're living in a fatherless right. generation. You know, where are the fathers? Right. You know, both in the natural and in the church. Where are the fathers? The fathers need to be standing up and taking authority and taking dominion and being a man. You know, man up, cowboy up. Right. You know, get yourself together and stand up here and protect your family and, 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 and be the head and be the man and, and get your job sure. done and quit hiding in the foxhole and being a coward. And some of these governors need to quit being a coward. Right. And some of them need to quit being a Judas and they need to man up. And, uh, and, or just and being a follower, not a leader. Silver right. And start realizing, hey, I'm the governor. I'm going to do what's right for my people. I'm the mayor. I'm going to do what's right for my city. Instead of this burning and looting, well, killing and stealing and destroying, which Jesus said in John 10, 10 is the devil. Well, and, and that that's the thing for 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 people in, in both political parties here in America. And regardless of whether you believe in a God or uh, you go to church or whatever, that the whole concept is you ought to be able to tell wrong from right, Absolutely. which they that mindset of Absolutely. of anarch, anarchy does not want you to understand the basic principle of good and evil, exactly of right, right and wrong. They want everything to be. Uh, legitimately accepted, uh, you know, uh, situational ethics of, well, you have it and I want it, so I'm just going to take it from oh, yeah. you. You know, I don't What's like you, so I'm going to hit you. That old you sermon know? I preached for years and years out of out of the story of what we all call the Good Samaritan, out of right. Luke, chapter, what, Luke chapter 10, uh, where the the Samaritan's walking down the road and a couple of thieves see him, so they come out and, and beat him up and right. leave him wounded and naked. And take everything he's got, leaving him half dead by the side of the road. Wow. And then a couple of religious guys come along, a couple of priests, right. and a Levite out of the tribes of the priests. And they come along, they see him, but they think maybe, who knows what they think. Maybe they think the bad guys are still lurking around. Yeah. So they cross over on the other side and disappear. Yeah, they're in a hurry to and church. Maybe they had to hurry and get to church. Sometimes you're so busy working like the devil for the Lord, you don't have time to help you people. You miss the obvious. Uh, and then, it was your and moment. Then, and then thirdly, Jesus told Jesus told this story. Mm. It's come from Jesus' lips. That's right. And then Jesus said, and then a, then a Samaritan came by. Mm. You know, Samaritan's an odd person for Jesus to use as an example. It sure is. Because Samaritans were not... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> looked well upon by the Jews. In fact, That's Jesus right. had told his own disciples in Matthew chapter 10, into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Don't you dare go talk to a Samaritan. Here he's using the Samaritan as a good guy. Right. And uh, and he says, so this Samaritan came along and saw the man and was moved with compassion on him wow. and went to him, took out his own. That's the church. Yeah, you know, those days everybody carried their own little bag of oil and, oil wine and, and bandages, bandages. Little, little That's first right. aid kit because they walked everywhere. And uh, took out his own oil and wine and bandages and ministered to the guy, fixed him up, and then put him on his own, you know, modern day car, his own donkey, his own beast mm -hmm. of burden. Took him to the, you know, Hilton Hotel and checked him in there and used his own credit card, his own money. And he said to the to the guy at the front desk, he said, "No, let him sign everything in the room. Whatever he needs, food or anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever he needs, put it on my bill, and I'll take care of it." And Jesus was impressed wow. with him. I guess so. And said, that's the way the rest of us ought to live. That's right. And so I've always preached that from this point, that the, there's three concepts of life that people have lived uh, by forever. There's the concept of the of the thieves. Mm -hmm. And certainly no Christian listening to me today has that concept of life. You're not thieves. Right. And uh, But the thieves back in that day, 2,000 years ago and today, still live by the same philosophy, the same concept of life. Their their philosophy is right. what's, what's thine is mine, right. what's yours is mine, and I'm going to get it by whatever means necessary. That's, That's the way thieves still think today in 2020. That's, right. That's the way they thought 2,000 exactly years ago right. in Jesus' day. Whatever you've got, it really ought to be mine. That's right. And people sit around and justify why what you have ought to be theirs. That's right. You're out there working for it and getting it and believing God for it and <laughs> using your faith and using My your goodness. sweat and using your labor. Yeah. They're not doing anything. And they're sitting around thinking, how can I get it? How, you really shouldn't have that. It ought to be mine. So what's mine is thine, and I'll take it by whatever means necessary. That's exactly And then the second philosophy right. was the two religious men. They were coming down the way, saw the guy who left, didn't even help him. So their concept of life is still the same today. People live by, and that's what's mine is mine. Mm -hmm. And you keep your hands off of it. Right. What's mine is mine, and you leave it alone. I'm not going to share. And then Jesus said the Samaritan came by, saw the man, moved with compassion, went to him and helped him. His philosophy of life, his, his uh, concept of life, was what's mine is thine, right? And you can have it if you need it. What I have belongs to you, and I'll help you That's if I right. can. And Jesus was impressed with that, and he said to the crowd, "He said, now, which one of those you think was the neighbor yeah. to the guy that was beat up and robbed?" And they <laughs> no said, "Well, job. obviously the, the Samaritan." The Samaritan. And Jesus said, "Yeah, now you go and do likewise." Yeah. You know, whenever, whenever, one day there in John, what John, twenty, I think twenty twenty, um. James and John's mother, she must have been a, she must have been a fireball. Uh, it says that the mother sure. of Zebedee's children right. came to Jesus. Yeah. So this is Zebedee's wife, James and John's mama. And uh, they were called the sons of thunder. They called James and John the sons of thunder. And everybody's always assumed that it was Zebedee that was thunder. I always think it was Mama. I figured it was Mama that they was <laughs> Could talking have been. about whenever they said, when they said hey, they're, they're the sons of thunder. Yeah, it's old sister thunder. Right. That they're, the, the, and so she came to Jesus. Now, maybe she was a supporter. Probably was. The Bible tells us these women travel with Jesus in right. chapter 8. It uh, right. tells us these, a lot of women travel with Jesus and, and ministered to him of their substance, of their money. They supported right. their partners. So she had probably given to him for a long time. And so uh, she thought she had the right just to kind of set him straight about some things and, and help her boys. So she came to him and she said, uh, Jesus, grant that these my two sons, James and John, 
that they sit on the on, on, on your right hand and on your left hand in your kingdom. Wow. Here's, here's how I want this to go, Jesus. You see to it that when you get in your kingdom, my boys are on your right and left. And Jesus just looked at her and he said, Lady, to sit on the right hand and left hand in, in the kingdom is not mine to give. That's my father. He said, but uh, I don't want you to act that way anyway. Oh, that's right. He said, that's not the way I want that's you to act. That's not the right he way. He said, that's the way the world acts. That's right. He said, that's the way the Gentiles act. That's the way everybody acts. Everybody, you know, they want to be the big shot. And the big shots want to lord it over the little shots. He said, that's not what I want you to do. Good point. And he said to those boys, he said, James John said, you boys, uh, can you drink of the cup I'm going to drink of? Right. And can you be, you be baptized in the baptism I'm going to be baptized with? And they said, yeah, Lord, we're able. He said, well, we'll see. We'll see. But that's not how I want you to act. He said, here's how I want you to act. He said, even as, as he said, if you want to be great in my kingdom. That's right. Be a servant. If you want to be the chief in my kingdom. That's right. Help somebody, bless somebody, minister somebody. Then he that's compared right. it to himself. He said, even as the son of man. That's right. Came. He came from heaven to earth. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered to. Right. Not to be ministered to. But to minister. He said, I came to help. I didn't come here to get. Right. I, di I didn't come here to take something from you. I came to add something to you. <laughs> that's so good. Isn't that wonderful? He said, I didn't come to take something from you. He said, I, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister and to give my life a, a ransom, ransom for, for many. many. He said, now you boys... You boys do that. Well, it's a different mindset that we have to have of absolute dependence upon God, that we know that what we have came from God. Absolutely. So that we are freely have received, yes. as the Bible says, we freely give. Freely give. And so many times people have, that's where we've moved the post, darling, like you were talking about, mm. is that the church has gotten off into some erroneous thinking. And and we don't set ourselves up as, as experts on this. It's just things that we have have been, um, I think, convicted of by the Holy Ghost as well, personally, and then also things that we see as we travel around. And it's wonderful that you and I get to go around and see, rather than just kind of isolated in one area, sure. that we get to go and see this. And it's so important for us as the church to realize that the kingdom of God is such a vast, never-ending kingdom, and that yet, even in the greatness and largeness of the kingdom of God, and how, what a variety, infinite variety and innumerable aspects, as Ephesians 3 says, there is in the kingdom of God, yet it all still comes back to the foundational principles yeah. that it's have been laid, laid down in the world. Word of God that that um, you know the Bible says not not any of it's going to pass away, right. and we don't need Jesus to add. Yeah, we don't need to add to it. We don't need to take away that the Word is enough. And if you will get into the Word of God and begin to let God begin to speak to you, it brings. Um, uh, th there's a lot of things it does for you, but but two or three of the things that I think are paramount is that it begins to expand your thinking to understand why God has done what he's done mm -hmm. and why we trust him and the quality of life he wants us to have. Like, let think about this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace mm -hmm. whose mind it's is stayed on thee. I don't have time to go and be resentful about somebody else's belongings or new car they got or house they live in. Uh, like people are screaming today, they want people to give them their houses. You don't deserve it. We do, you know, and all of this stuff. In other words, I've I've got somebody else has to do without so I can have. Mm -hmm. And see, that's all the wrong that's spirit. That's not heaven's idea. No, 
And that hell's idea. And as a Christian, I don't see how you could ever agree with any of that kind of thinking when our whole constitution of the Bible is that is that we have received from the word of God and that it costs the blood of Jesus yes, for us yes, to get it. So it is and 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 our faith that we used to get it and hard work that went with it and faithfulness that we gave to yes. it. God has rewarded that and yes. blessed people for that. And that is a sacred relationship from a heart of faith to a God of promise. Absolutely. And then when the world comes along and wants to disdain that or disregard that, disrespect that and make it such a crass thing about uh, material possessions yeah. and the fact that I owe you somebody that the Bible says I'm to owe nobody anything but to love That's them, right. you know, but, you know, be out of debt and a, love people. It's a two sided coin. Yes, it is. You know, I've always said the coin of prosperity, if you want to call it that, the, the, the coin of prosperity has two sides to it. On one side, it says prosperity. Right. You turn it over on the other side, it says responsibility. Right. Exactly. What, what do you do with what you have? That's it. Because people get in the ditch the other way, too. And, yeah. and, and, and a lot of preachers preach what I call the charismatic cult, the Cadillacs, condominiums, and cruisers. Mm -hmm. You can get in this ditch or you can get in this ditch. Right. You can get over here where you're just into money, 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 money. And the Bible says the love of money, not yeah. money. The love. Nothing wrong with money. The love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. But then by the same token, you got people over here that just think you ought to be poor, 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 poor. Neither one of those things are true. No, that's right. And, Brother and, Hagen used to always tell us, again, I'm talking about the old guys now. Brother Hagen used to always tell us that there's a there's a ditch on both sides of the road. Always. And he said, the devil doesn't care which ditch you're in. That's you're exactly in one. right. And he, that's said, exactly he said, if you're right. in one over here, he said, the devil even kind of helped you out a little bit and then give you a good shove. Shove and get, get you, you over, over the other the road into the other ditch. <laughs> Boy, is said, that he said, the he truth. He said, you need to flee the extreme. I've heard him say this so many times. You need to flee the, the extremes yes. and stay balanced. Stay in the middle that's of right. the road. That's right. There's Drive between the lines. Bible there's a true Bible all through the Word of God That's right. about prosperity and blessings and That's increase right. and abundance. That's right. But there's also uh, a, a true Bible message about uh, don't let that go to your head and don't be greedy. And don't no, be, that's right. Don't be grabbing with both hands. and uh, You know, you need to learn to live with an open heart yes. and an open hand. Was it, if you've isn't got a closed in, fist and a closed heart, you can't give to anybody, right. but neither can you receive. You've got to have an open heart and an open hand. No, that's you, right. You have to live by what I've always preached to the people in the jungles. You need to live by the law of the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> and not by the law of the rake or the hoe. Right. A lot of kids I'm preaching to today may not know what a rake and a hoe is, but, you know, a rake and a hoe are garden tools. Yes. That, that have teeth on them uh, or a blade on them, and they're designed to pull back pull to, to you. Pull to you. Yeah. You put that rake out there and grab those leaves and pull Good back analogy. to you. You hmm. put that hoe out there in that dirt and pull it back to you. And so it brings it back to you. Right. And I tell people, don't don't live by the, by the law of the rake and the hoe. That's right. But live by the law of the shovel. Because the shovel, you stick it in there yeah, and then you throw it out to throw somebody, it out else, somebody else. It in there stick That's so good. To somebody else. But you know, our time's all gone again. Gee, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the Bible says, young, uh, not the Bible, Francis Bacon said that young men. Yes, that's a good are, quote. Are, Look that up. Are fitter, are more fit. Right. Young men are fitter to invent than to judge. Yes. Young people don't have any business judging stuff. They, no, they need right. some wisdom and some experience, and uh, but they can't invent stuff. They can come up with ideas. And he said, and they're fitter for execution. Well, they get it done because that means of their getting stuff done, not not right. killing somebody. Execution. Yeah. Uh, than for counsel. You don't want a young person for counsel. No, that's right. <laughs> you want to go. You, you want to go to them to get a job done. 
And he said, and they're, they're, they're more fit. The fitter, young people are fitter for new projects than for settled business. Isn't that something? That's not that quote from Francis Bacon of youth and age. Yeah. And it's and so, longer, but it's a great, great. Again, we're losing our time, but, but that's why we need to go back to what we've been talking about the last several weeks and say if the foundations be destroyed, yes. what will the righteous do? What will the good people do? And, and to realize that we have to go back into history. God always went back in history and said, look what I told Abraham. Look what I told your father. That's right. look, what I told, look what I told Jacob. Look what I said here. Even in the New Testament, Paul made the statement several times about, mm. hey, Timothy, you need to look to the older people. Yes, that's right. See, there's a difference, Renee, in fathers right. and young lions. No, we have a lot right. of preachers today that are wonderful preachers. Terry Mize loves young lions, but they're not fathers. They'll grow into fathers one day, I hope, thank God, but they're not fathers. And Paul said, hey, I know where you got that, that gift. I put my hands on you. That's and it such came a from wonderful your grandmother Lois, example. It came from your mother Eunice. You didn't right. think that up by yourself, son. Oh, and there and, is and a comfort. Just scripture after scripture there in Timothy, Paul tells him, he said, hey, look at me, what you've seen and heard and learned uh, from me, That's do right. it. Do it. And then he said another time, he said, Timothy, you need to get out here and, and preach this stuff. And don't you forget where you learned it from. You learned it from me and I'm going to be watching you. Isn't Time's that wonderful? Long. That's so wonderful. I'm so glad that God didn't just drop me off and leave me here to my own devices that I can actually learn and, and know that there are people that have succeeded at this. And then God shows us how to go and find that out. I one of Brother Copeland's meetings the other day, you were with me, that would be on television just for 15 minutes, and we got to going, and, and, and the two hosts said, it said, we can't do 15 minutes, can you do an hour? So <laughs> it, you always need more time. Well, God bless you all. We love you so much. We're so glad you were with us today. We love you. We wash your feet with the Word of God, Amen. and we always want you to know you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.